Welcome to The Thought Locker, a podcast that enables personal growth. For everyone listening in, I am super fortunate this morning. I am sitting down with Lynette Sletcher, who is my personal property manager. I have been dying to get Lynette to sit down and do a podcast with me for a while now. Uh, so thank you so much for coming and joining me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. So Lynette, you're, you've been doing this for a while now. How long have you been a property manager? Um, 12 years. Cool. cool. How many properties do you manage? Currently, um, I've got 270. Oh my gosh. This <laughs> is just... just uh, like I've managed two or three before and I found that pretty full on. It so. is pretty full on, but I, I do have help. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I look after mainly the owners and then I have a tenancy manager that looks after my tenants, maintenance stuff, a lot of maintenance stuff. So, okay, so uh, the liaison with tenants yeah, around. But any tenants' um, queries that are a bit more advanced and maintenance, yeah, yeah, I look after them as well. So. And you're based in Wellington? In the hut. In the hut. Yeah. And so you look after that 270 would include properties all over the yep. Wellington region? I have one in Waikanae and cool. then out the other way I've got a couple in Wellington, some Javel, um, and then all the way to the bottom of the Ekaterawas. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you deal with people from from all walks of life, Absolutely. from all parts of society, yeah. and, uh, and and you've seen a lot of different situations. Certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> some good, <laughs> some not so good. So the the when I thought about a topic for today's catch up, I was really wanting to ask your advice on yeah how to be a cool landlord. You know, if I picture someone who wants to get into the world of investing in property. How do you be good at it? How do you be a nice landlord? How do you be one that um, you know provides a good service? Um, maybe before we get into that, though, the, the topic that's potentially on a lot of people's minds, or the healthy home standards that are coming in and yeah. changes to the to the tenancy rules and things. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the vibe out there amongst your owners that you're working with at the moment? Are people, yeah, lots of people selling up and getting out of investing, do you feel like? Or is it not having much of an effect? Um, also with COVID as well, I think has changed a lot of people's minds about holding on to their investment. Right. So like a lot of little, you know, two bedroom units, owners have had them for 20 something years. They've done the healthy homes work, but they've just decided, don't know what's around the corner. So I'm going to take my money now and, and I'm talking older, older right. so you people, mean people kind of retirement are... age. Okay. Yeah. Um, seen a lot of that sort of cashing out now because yeah. and, and potentially fair because we're potentially at the sort of you know we're, we're, we've had a good market for a long time and mm. if they feel like this might be the top of the market yeah. I mean prices are there. great for them like they're obviously they've bought for nothing peanuts and now selling for a good good return mm. um, the healthy homes isn't scaring people I honestly think it's more COVID okay, um, interesting. the new RTA changes that have come in guess there's a few in there that that people think oh my goodness that's scary but it's actually not because the majority of tenants that that you have in a property and that's tenant selection to start with aren't going to be those kind of tenants so it's it's good for tenants it's securing it's giving them stability in a home stability so Um, such a nice word yeah stability which tenants don't have these days every you know that I go to viewings and the most brought up topic of conversation as my landlord's given me 
um, you know, 90 days to move out because I'm selling, he's selling the house or they're selling or they're selling, you know, and it's just, and they don't have that stability. So a tenant, ideally in a, in a, de in a decade, so we take a decade, over that 10 years, that tenant might have to move seven times. And that's a huge expense. It's thousands um, of dollars if you hire moving companies yeah, and cleaners. Yeah. And, and then bond and, you know, and, and each time the rent goes up. And so... And you've got um, to have the cash, like the, the moving that's out. that's what the government was just trying to do, was get some stability for good tenants. So the kids can stay in the same school and they're not trying to... Absolutely, you know, yeah. Place. Because as the housing market gets, you know, less properties and... Um, and there's more renters out there. They, you know, they need to accommodate to, you know, this. It was I was reading an article the other day about percentages of tenants that rented in 1984 versus today, and it's like it's jumped 30 something percent. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So that's really interesting to hear that you, you know you meet with a lot of tenants and it's it's a real concern for them, and that mm. hopefully this is going to this is going to alleviate or create a bit more stability. Mm. Are you seeing a lot of people suddenly putting rents up, you know, wanting to get rent increases in now because there's the one once per year rule coming in, or is that a bit Ge of a overblown thing? Generally, we wouldn't do rent increases every 180 days anyway, unless the property was severely under-rented. Yeah. Generally, it would be yearly. You'd look at it, like their fixed term comes up, you look at their rent. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't need to put it up, but you look at it and think, yeah. oh, look, you know, it's dropping a little bit below market. Because you're trying to run a business for your for your owner, but yeah. you're also without a tenant, you haven't got an owner, and yeah. vice versa. But yeah, equally important. But um, yeah, so you get a good tenant, have a good owner. Yeah, you're on your way. Simple tenancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice and easy. And that's going to lead us nicely into this sort of how to be a, a cool landlord subject. But um, just to cover off, how do you feel about the? What do you think of the healthy homes standards? Healthy homes standards, great, absolutely. Yep. Totally. A, a, a big plus for kind of yeah. everybody moving forward. To... Yeah, and I like I have some owners that, um, you know, moan and groan, oh, I don't even have a heat pump at my house, and, you know, and the tenant gets a heat pump, but the tenant's paying good money, so, yeah, yeah and if, if they need a form of heating, um, can't guarantee the tenant's always going to use the items that have gone into the property, Yeah. Um, but they're there and available if, you know, if they do want to use it. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that for me, it's you know, you, you should have if you're going to get into this property investing space and mm. own rental properties, you've, yeah. you've got to be able to spend a little bit of money to provide these. Absolutely, important and it's, an, a, it's an investment in the property as well because if you've got those features in there, then obviously mold, mildew, yeah, ventilation, all that kind of stuff is going to um, work in your favour. Yeah, and, and and this might sound strong, but I think if you can't afford to make those changes then you need to be thinking about whether you should be in the totally. game of providing housing totally to others yeah. <laughs> and charging rent totally for said, for said, yeah. uh, for said accommodation so how does one be a cool landlord what do you how would you describe your best your best possible landlord you could have as a client so being a good landlord obviously is complying with um all um, regulations under the rta yeah um which you would help them do anyway I suppose, absolutely right? yeah. yeah um not uh, micromanaging if you have a property manager not micromanaging your property manager and if yeah. you're going to do it yourself not micromanage your tenant yeah. um, make sure you're giving right notice not just popping around proactively looking at um, improvements that you can do like if you see um, a bubble or a paint starting to peel on the exterior think to yourself okay I've got maybe a couple of years before I really need to repaint put that money aside 
always improving the property. The better you present the property, the better market rate that you're going to get for your rent. You know, being understanding sometimes if the tenant, especially with this COVID thing, understanding the tenant's situation and, and that. Mm. And that works both ways. You know, like the tenant needs to understand that the owner's not a bank either. So it's a, it's a hard, it's a fine line you walk between doing too much and not doing enough. So yeah. on both sides, yeah. Yeah, and, and maintenance that needs doing, obviously, you need to get done. Um, do you get a lot of pushback on general maintenance from owners? And gen- you know, like, do, you, do you often um, have trouble convincing owners to do work that needs to be done? Probably not urgent maintenance like a leaky tap or a, um, you know, a hot water cylinder leaking because that's stuff that has to be done. Otherwise, yes. if it's left, it's going to damage the property and make it worse. But yeah. probably improvements, you know, like a bedroom that's got quite a few chips on the walls and it's just looking really tired. Um, some landlords nah, don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're if you're making the property that the tenant's living in more homely and appealing, um, tenants going to want to stay longer. Tenants also just going to become loyal. You know, like lo- loyalty is is big out there. If you so, show them that you're proactive yeah, during their absolutely. during their tenancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they give that back. You know, like they present the property nicely and it's always clean and tidy. They'll do the gardens yeah. and and um, do a little bit extras that they shouldn't have to do but want to do because the landlord's given, you know, give and take, given cool. to them, yeah. What would you say to people who uh, are thinking about getting into investing in property but they are nervous about having a bad experience with tenants? What would you say to those sort of... Because um, I feel like that's a very common scenario that with people I speak to where they are... They kind of see property investment as this as this thing that they think, okay, well, other people have had success with that. I want to mm. get into that too, but I'm nervous. You know, what if I what if I end up with a a, a meth lab? What if I yeah. end up with? Yeah. Totally. Um, so there are um, procedures and processes in place. You don't take your first tenant. Um, it's not about but the first, sorry the, the first person who comes along the first along person and says, who comes to I'll, a viewing and goes, it. oh, I'll rent it. Don't do yeah. you not going to take that? And you've got to give yourself. You know, like maybe a month extra not having any income on that property because you want to find the right tenant. Right, so maybe just a group of people to choose from rather than just... Tenant selection is huge. So, And then obviously the checks behind a tenant that a lot of tenants will put on their applications. Have you had any tenancy tribunal cases? No. And then you check the Department of Justice website and yes, they have. And so just... And then so you automatically know that tenant's lied to me about this what else are they going to lie to me about so it's just finding you get a feel like you do get a feel but finding that right tenant for the property from the beginning is is huge yeah and doing all your relevant background checks and reference checks and and don't feel scared to ring all three references and and even um i've heard of some people that go round to the current to the tenant prospective tenant's house and have a look and see how it's presented and i've had tenants present me with you know, like um, photos from this, you know, from their property to say this is my house. You know, this is how I live now. So there must be a balance where, like, if you set the rent at a certain point, you're going to get more inquiry from people, which gives you a better selection of tenants mm. to choose from, rather than setting it thirty bucks higher a week. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe you only have one person apply, and then you've only yeah. got one you've prospective got to, tenant to choose from. You do have to market it properly because um, if you don't, then you're going to miss the market, and then it's going to sit there, and people are going to look at it in two weeks' time and go. I wonder what's wrong with that place. Why is it still there? So that does happen with tenants as well as... Because yeah. that's very common with property yes. buyers. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to know that happens with tenants too. So yeah, yeah you, you, it's no point sort of pitching it super high and just 
you know. It's just been greedy. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the the rent is what the market is saying it is. So and and within a week of having it on the market, you will know whether you've priced it correctly or not cool. due to the level of inquiry. So yeah. Yeah. So you need to change that pretty fast. Yeah. If, if it's a week and you're not getting much inquiry, it's a good Absolutely. chance you need to you need yeah. to adjust. Just jumping back to the checking references, what's your favourite question to ask someone's reference when you're when you're calling up? What do you um, do? They report maintenance. Ah, that's a good yeah. one. Um, obviously, is the rent paid on time and stuff like that? All the general ones, but do they yeah. report maintenance? Because if a tenant doesn't report maintenance and there's a leak under the kitchen sink, that can turn into a major. You know, and they, or they wait till you go around and do an inspection. Oh yeah, I was just going to wait till you come round, and that was. Four weeks later, and, and a by that time, black stain on yeah. the ceiling where the yeah. <laughs> roof's leaking or something. So yeah, that, that's a good question to ask. That's um, a really good one. I like yeah. that. What do you? What are the key things you look for in a tenant when you're? You, you, uh, what you touched on is so true. Like you get a vibe from people, mm. and this is something where a property manager, I think, can add so much value because you, you, you're sort of your your people radar is attuned after many years of doing this, and and I somewhat feel like I got that working in real estate where you just get a vibe from. Who's yeah. going to be nice to deal with or not from doing open homes every Sunday for mm. for you know 13, 14 years? But um, is there anything you would say that you kind of particularly look for when you meet with tenants? So if I'm doing a viewing, if if a tenant or if you know a prospective tenant tenants come and speak with me personally and tell me a little bit about their background, they will stand out more right. than someone who just walks through and says, oh, thanks, see you later. Fills in the form and yeah. emails it off to you I don't later. know who they are. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know their background. I don't know that they've got two children that attend that school down the road or, you know, they have got um, a fluffy cat called Matilda or whatever. But, yeah, yeah, but you get to know a bit more about their family situation and their mum just lives around the corner and so this house would be ideal for them and... And yeah, the more that they will talk to you, the better better chance for me they will have. Yeah, and, and because then is... I can present that more to the owner rather than this is the tenant. Yes, I've done their credit check; it's fine. <laughs> yeah, type thing. You know. Yeah, you got a bit more of a story got, to tell. A bit more of a story to tell. Yeah. This makes me think of something I wanted to ask you about, which is, you know, you come across, and and I know this is true about you because I've known you for a long time that. Um, you know, you really see tenants as equal parts of this process, you know, that, at, at Long Landlords. And, and, and as, you know, you see them as real people. And, and, and the reason I say that is because I, I get the sense from other property managers sometimes, particularly property investors, that they kind of don't have that same view. They mm. almost look at it like it's, they have a really bad attitude towards mm. it. So where, yeah, where does that outlook come from for you? How come you're... I've never, ever treated an owner or a tenant any differently. It's just, That's so cool. Um, it's just um, basic human, I don't know, human nature, isn't it? Like, it's just your personality. Uh, you need to put out there how you want to treat someone how you would expect to be treated yourself. If I was in that basket and I was a tenant, I wouldn't want to be put down the rung of the ladder because I'm, I'm a tenant and then there's an owner. Yeah. You're both people. You're both in this world together. So. And, the, and, yeah. the, and any... And any you know financial interaction the customer is just as important as the supplier absolutely as well you can't yeah. have you know one without I mean, the other you, yeah you can't can't treat people i mean you can do your job fairly and professionally and you know give rent increases and 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 send them 14 day letters if the place needs cleaning up and stuff but like that but you can still do it with respect and dignity right. you know like you don't have to be an asshole yeah or, or sort of treat them as guilty of doing something wrong until proven yeah. innocent yeah. you know that's uh that's a 
something I see a lot of. It's almost like, you know, some property managers and, and you know, landlords kind of expect the worst and go in with their sort of, you know, with um, with a wall up already, mm. you know, expecting that they're going to get screwed over. Yeah. So that, that makes them have a negative sort of outlook. And, Mine kind and of works the other way. They've got, I give them the benefit of the doubt until something cool. does happen and then, cool. yeah, and then take what you need to do with that but yeah so I mean that's pretty impressive to keep that sort of attitude when you manage 270 properties and you must have instances where you have to go to the tenancy tribunal and things go wrong and, yep. and you meet quite and a quite problem tenants out of 10 I'll sit in that tenancy tribunal court and have a one on one natter with the tenant about how's your daughter doing at school and, and they don't hold it against me they realise it's part of my job they've, they've stuffed up it's yeah. a process I have to take um, still doesn't mean, mean that I have to treat them with hostility. We can still do it respectfully and yeah. still get the right outcome for the owner. So that's you, you realise it's quite unusual, <laughs> eh? You that's Probably, quite cool. but yeah. Um, um, so I think the the message I would take out of that is, you know, you hear stories, and, and the problem is the the stories that get publicised sometimes are only the the very 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 small ratio. As someone who's been a property investor for a long time. I mean, maybe I've been lucky, but but the tenants I've had have been absolutely wonderful people who just want a nice place to live. Because it's tenant selection. Because it's tenant right. selection, really right? Tenant selection at the start, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and don't let the one bad experience you've heard about and don't tarnish watch that your program on TV. Tarnish your view. Yeah. Don't watch that Good Girls program on TV. They're honestly, yeah, it's just that's horrendous. I don't yeah. watch it. My husband watches it, and I tell him I'm not watching. It. I'm not. Doing it. It's stupid. Yeah, because honestly, be a warp yeah, like out of my rent roll of two hundred and seventy, I would probably have five percent of tenants that are difficult, okay. and they're inherited tenants. Tenants, if you know what I mean, like I right, the ones where you haven't picked the tenant. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, you haven't had, you haven't yeah, had haven't um, had control of that tenant selection exactly, process. Yeah, yeah, it's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, oh, so a good message there for anyone getting into it. You know, most people. Uh, most people just want a nice place to live that's mm. comfortable. They want some stability. Yeah. And and, uh, and they, they want to be treated with respect, you know, and not as a tenant. Yeah. Just like if an owner had to go and rent overseas in another country, you would expect to be treated just like if you just owned. like you're an owner as well in in New Zealand versus another country. Like you, you it, yeah, it shouldn't there should be no. Yeah, if you go and uh, rent an Airbnb somewhere, probably not right now, but in yeah. the future, or if you go and even you know book a hotel room, you yeah. you, you are suddenly a tenant and you expect yeah. to be treated with respect. So mm. that's a really really nice message. Um, what would be some of the biggest mistakes that new landlords make? Would it be a, a scenario of kind of yeah asking for too much rent or? Maybe probably a lot of little legal things like um, they're just um, understanding the RTA Act, like the new one that's coming in. You have to have a healthy homes declaration and in your tenancy agreement by December this year. Um, you've got to supply an insulation statement. Um, you can get fined for all this stuff. It's just little small things that property managers and people that have been doing investing for a while do know. You've got to keep up. You really do have to keep up with all the new rules and regulations that come in because if your if your tenant picks up on something like if you don't if you don't um, lodge the bond you know there's a thousand dollars if the tenant takes you to court um, if you don't have insulation up to standard the tenant can take you to court there's four thousand dollars that you have to pay the tenant 
and then you have to do your insulation as well so there's another three to four grand so just little things and a lot of them are to do with with all the you know residential tenancies act stuff yeah so when you're tempted when you buy an investment property and you're tempted to make the finances look a bit better by saving that $30, $40 a week you might spend on a property manager. Maybe that's the time to yeah. think, okay, do I need some expert advice here? Because yeah. I've tried both ways. I've tried managing our properties myself and you know, and, and, and having your help. And mm. yeah, the managing yourself, in some ways there's, there's nice things. Like when I did that, I felt connected to the properties. I was there, I was cleaning them and scrubbing cupboards myself and painting them. And I felt this kind of connection to those properties like I was there and mm. putting an effort. When, you're, when you have a property manager, it can feel like, it's just a bank account, you know, you, you, you yeah. don't have that same, I guess, sort of care and attention, but, oh, sorry, I, I mean, I don't have, like, you You have plenty of care and attention, yeah. but but uh, sometimes I feel a bit disconnected from the properties, but I can attest to having tried both, like, the, the, uh, hiring a good property manager is one of the very best financial decisions you could possibly make, because you just are able to outsource the anxiety you know like you mm. don't have to worry about anything because it's someone else's job to take care of it okay, yeah. <laughs> and and it's someone who knows what they're doing knows the ins and outs of all the rules and not only that you've got the contacts you've got the electricians and you've got the builders and you've got people who can do kitchen bench stops when it's in between tenants yeah. and you've got you can put up curtains and just everything can be taken care of so that i really just can focus on what's going on in my life Absolutely. And, and you come to me with solutions you'll say Andy these guys are moving out you know we're going to do this 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 and this are you okay with it and that's just easy for me to say yeah cool that's a that's a plan yeah. so I know it's tempting because I as I've been tempted by this and I've fallen for this trap before where you you know you're renting a property out for 400 a week and you think gosh I want to save that eight percent a week sounds like a lot to spend on a property manager I want to save that money really think long and hard about that I, I can't stress enough how it's massive good value for money yeah. you are you know to, to have a professional in charge some weeks it'll feel like money's going out without getting a heck of a lot of return if you've just got a good tenant who's sitting there but you have to remember that you're paying for that good tenant selection at the start <laughs> and also you're when when it takes up a lot of that property manager's time you're not going to get charged extra for that no. so in the circumstances and where somebody is between can tenants turn bad you know like they can poorly managed yeah but also just through life circumstances you know a tenant might get sick and lose their job and um, you you just don't and so you've got your property managers to work through all that with you and try and find solutions for for things like that yeah Yeah, and also not um, also we're quite happy for owners to go in in between tenancies and do work you know that's that's not an issue either that's a good point, actually. So yeah. if you do want to go and get stuck in, if, you, if you're handy with a paintbrush, yeah. it doesn't preclude and, you and being able to do And love to that. take owners through on, um, you know, like yearly visits to the property so they can see, because they do obviously get reports and stuff for inspections, but take owners through on a yearly visit so they can see each year, you know, what the property's looking like in, in person. It's always better. Yeah, I, I've experienced that myself with you, where you go into a property and once you're actually there, what, it's it's a lot easier to feel like right we actually do need to spend money on x y and z mm. because i can see that's quite drafty or that's looking yeah. a bit bedraggled whereas if you're just sitting sometimes on your emails and you're, don't do it justice yeah, yeah. sometimes what doesn't yeah. do it justice and your property manager emailing you saying hey we need to spend some money on this you just feel like you're sort of mm. you know pouring money yeah. out but when you're there in person it's a lot harder to yeah to, and i would also um suggest if you were ever going to rent out your own personal home get a property manager great point yeah far too emotionally invested in that um property to kind of see through things yeah yes 
Yeah, um, so I've just recently, my dad just passed away and my brother asked if we were going to rent out dad's property and there is no way I would have been able to do that. It was just too heart-wrenching, too emotional. Imagine if I walked in and we were renting it out and the tenant's kids had drawn a, I don't know, a teddy bear on the wall or something or there was a piece of, and my, I, my, yeah, my parents would have been horrified and no, I just couldn't do it. Too emotionally invested in that property to to be able to rent it out for a business because the minute you walk out of your personal home it becomes a business and you need to run it like a business so you need to make some money from it yeah so I'd never... that's a great message in itself <laughs> you know you, you you're running a business you need to think about it yes. that way yeah and you make an excellent point about you know when you're emotionally vested in a decision to me that that's going to make me more likely to make less optimal decisions mm, uh, she's sitting there thinking oh my mum wouldn't have liked this or dad wouldn't have liked this or yeah I, I remember when I made those curtains and look at them now and yeah and remember when we painted that wall and you know it's got a paint chip out of it now and you just yes and there's too many memories behind it yeah it's always good to get somebody else in if you are thinking about selling mm. you, you know your mum and dad's home or a family home or something like that to get someone else in and run it like a business great yeah. idea do you have any thoughts on, you know, from your point of view, from a property manager's point of view, what makes a good investment property? Um, in today's market, anything really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just maybe not a garage. Um, yeah, no, right. honestly, there's just not enough of any any investment property out there. Right. Yeah, owners are selling. A lot of owners are moving back over from overseas as well due to COVID. Right. So, so they're moving back into uh, their homes. That's an interesting one. Um, so, so that takes one more... Rental property out of the pool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just anything these days will, when will pe- give you a return. But with it's like how much of a return? Like obviously, Wellington's very high priced. I don't know of anybody mm. that could afford to buy a six hundred thousand dollar three bedroom home and then make there's, any money off it. There's a sweet spot where yeah, that's very true. I, is like with my personal circumstance, you know, we've got some one bedroom flats and. And Nio that rent out for you know four hundred a week, mm. that sort of range, and then we've got a, a three bedroom house in Johnsonville which is rented out for six fifty a week. Mm. So what's interesting to me about that is you know the the, the one bedrooms you, you know as a as a property owner you get really good value for money from yes, those properties. Yeah. So and a lot is, of people are after those as well, but they're as rare as hen's teeth. Like right. a lot of people will ring us out, I need a one bedroom. Yeah. Well, good luck with that because <laughs> we don't haven't seen one for nine months so yes. yeah we don't yeah they are good and they are good do you think there's a there's a something to be wary of for, for owners there because I find selling properties you get this thing where any property costs you a crap ton you know you <laughs> 700 grand at least to sort of buy a three bed yeah. home anywhere around the northern some, suburbs yeah. but then you spend another 100 grand and you get a, so much more space for your money mm. you know like the, the, the value goes up so quickly mm. once you're once you're able to afford a place like it almost seems like the opposite in rentals you know you, you get really good value for money if you're renting out a one two bedroom property mm. but you don't get that much more comparatively when it's a three bedroom four bedroom sort of five bedroom place so I, I sort of personally prefer you know maybe a property that's two two bedroom flats side by side or something well then you've always got the if one tenant moves out you're still getting rent in from the other property so you've always got that as well you never kind of have them probably come up at the same time so be, yeah, so mitigating that risk yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So I, I say that to people often that you know if you can, if you can afford to go for a, a multi-income type place. Mm. Uh, the other one I find myself saying to people is like 
go for something which, which is a really simple design like those 1950s 1960s weatherboard you know built to withstand a nuclear holocaust ex-state house kind of design those are perfect because you know there are there are rectangle shape mm. and what you see is what you get it feels like there's less that can go wrong mm. you know there's no internal gutters there's yeah. no weird well, design new, features new builds are good as well new like, builds, are good, new builds are good because everything's up to up to code you've got double glazing you've got you don't shouldn't have to touch anything maintenance yeah. wise for five years um so you've got really no maintenance costs associated with that you've also got to buy within the range that you're actually going to get money back off it as an investment like there's no point paying yeah. 800 grand for something and then only renting it out at 600 dollars a week so you're not making any yeah. you're not you're paying for that and it's going to take you quite a few years before you see a return on that investment do you have any thoughts on what people should like let's say you are buying a property and you're trying to run the numbers on whether that property's going to break even or not you know mm. are you going to make a return or not mm. you know so you factor in how much rent will i get what's insurance going to cost what are the rates do you have any thoughts on what people should factor in for maintenance? I guess it's, it's a really open-ended question because it depends on yeah. the property and how old it is it and everything. It really does, yeah. Like, we generally ask the owners for a week's rent. So whatever the rental is set at, so it's 500 We ask mm. for a, a week's rent per month that we can spend on maintenance. Ah, uh, okay. That we don't have to um, give them a call. You know, okay, we, cool. Like, with the tap's leaking, we've got approval to spend up to $500 a week to get the tap done but you wouldn't spend some you wouldn't necessarily spend it no, every month no so how like so let's say someone owned a property that was renting for 500 bucks a month mm, a week 500 bucks a week yeah. sorry if they were if they were just just obviously these are very rough numbers and and i can't wouldn't hold you to this but if they budgeted sort of three to four grand in that for per year for an average year of maintenance yeah, would that yeah. probably does that feel like it would be a reasonable number to sort of presume or would they I need to update so. it? I think so, unless of course the hot water cylinder went and Naturally. I mean, you take all or that there's into a leak account or something and, or, and yeah. then you have insurance. Yeah, and so you would take all that into account because like if you moved in and the cylinder was 1968, you know that pretty shortly you're going to have to replace that so you would factor that in for that year type thing. So. Yeah, but just yeah. your normal sort of run of the mill type yeah. things that things that happen with a property um, and that's really valuable because I, I think a, a lot of people would either underestimate that or potentially overestimate mm. what their kind of liability there is going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and possibly worthwhile if you are buying your first investment property to have have a bit of an emergency fund set up. You know, have mm. five or ten grand set aside for maintenance. For maintenance and, and just sudden things that you didn't expect that go wrong, like the yeah. hot water cylinder bursting, or mm. you know, there's a, there could be a huge guttering that falls the, down. The or, roof, you know, bits of the roofing line come off, or yeah. a tree falls in the. You know, you, yeah, just, you just don't know, especially with today's weird weather as well. Anything can Absolutely. happen. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, Lena, I, I really appreciate you coming in and sitting down. And hopefully for anyone who is thinking about getting into that property investment space, there's some good common sense advice there. Just to recap, I mean, I can't stress highly enough. Please, you know, look at hiring a property manager if you are looking at buying your first investment property or if you own ones already that you manage yourself. Um, a good one is absolutely worth their weight in gold and yeah and feel free to that. interview them you know feel free to interview them yeah interview yeah, a couple. couple yeah appreciate your time thank, thank you for stopping in that's okay thanks Andy thanks everyone